Hello and welcome to Inside the Artist Studio. My name is Sean Davis Newton here as per usual with the Cups and Cakes Network. And uh, today I'm excited to uh, share an episode I, I recorded, geez, back in April now, a few months back, with uh, Vissia, also known as Alex Vissia. Uh, Alex has been around in the Edmonton music scene forever. She's played with a bunch of very uh, well-regarded bands. She has uh, a couple of great solo records now, and uh, we, we chat a whole bunch about the newest of those solo records, which is called With Pleasure. came out on April 30th, 2021. Marks a shift for her away from a kind of rootsier, uh, more country-influenced sound into... Uh, alternative pop music, I guess you'd call it. Uh, we talk a lot about, you know, what pop music has to do with popularity. We talk about uh, TikTok and tarot. We talk about uh, ha- having the kind of dad who always somehow knows a guy who's selling a car. <laughs> um, it's a really fun conversation. I'm excited for you to hear it. Uh, as per usual, there is some foul language in this episode, so uh, listener beware. And, of course, Inside the Artist Studio is one of the many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to see other episodes of this podcast, as well as other audio, video, and written content. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Here's Vicia. Okay. (laughs) Hi, I'm Vicia from Edmonton. (laughs) <laughs> Perfect. Well, it's uh, it's really nice to have you on Inside the Artist Studio. Uh, just to r- rip run through the format real quick, we're mm-hmm. going to do a rapid fire off the bat and then uh, go okay. into some kind of standard interview stuff. We'll talk about uh, the record that you have coming out on April 30th, which is called mm-hmm. With Pleasure. And then uh, we'll play a track from that record to uh, wrap things up. Sounds great. Perfect. Well, uh, we'll dive right into the rapid fire then. Uh, do you have a favorite baked good? Oh, <laughs> bread. <laughs> is there like straight up? <laughs> is there like a favorite kind of bread, or just like bread? Um, yeah, I mean, like, uh, like a like a French like Misha or something like. Just like white bread and like toasted, of course, with lots of well, vegan butter, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't even buy bread that often because when I do, I just like eat it in a day. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, bread is my favorite baked good. Um, but I'm also just like a monster for anything, like cookies, anything. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess this can maybe kind of tie in with that, but uh, have uh, do you have any new kind of quarantine hobbies? Anything that you've taken up during uh, <laughs> quarantine times? Just like talking about bread. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Not bread. I don't <laughs> do a lot of baking myself, honestly. Um, quarantine hobbies. I mean, the biggest thing I got into during the pandemic was just prioritizing movement and exercise more. So, I mean, less of a hobby, I guess, but still like a routine that I've been making more time for. Yeah, yeah. Um, but more recently, I've been getting really into tarot cards and studying that. So that's oh, kind of cool. something fun. <laughs> yeah. How much? I I don't know a ton about tarot, but how how much is it? 
like interpretive based on the person who's doing the reading, if that makes sense? Or are there mm -hmm. pretty prescribed meanings when things show up in a certain order? Um, no, it's like, it's really what I'm learning anyway. Like I'm definitely still a beginner, but like um, from what I'm learning is it is based on you as a reader and like what your style is and your own relationship with the cards and especially like your own deck because there's so many different decks with different artwork and there's a lot of meanings that run through and there are traditional meanings, but you are also encouraged to kind of discover your own meanings as well. Um, so yeah, right now I'm kind of in the studying phase because I have like a whole book that came with my deck of cards and it's like, my deck is very much based on like Greek mythology. So it's been really oh, cool. fun to read those and kind of like see the stories play out in the cards. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like another fun activity and yeah. a little bit witchy, I guess. And um, it's a fun thing to do with other people. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you prefer tea or coffee? Tea. I gave up coffee um, a couple months ago again. Um, I did it before. And then I went on tour a couple years ago, obviously. But um, and started drinking coffee again. And yeah, I've just found like caffeine is not really my friend. So I drink herbal tea. I keep some decaf around coffee just for, you know, for, you know, on a Saturday if I'm feeling extra wild. <laughs> but I mean, I miss it in a way, but I don't miss like the energy kind of mess around. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I know too, like I, I'm not a big coffee guy at all, but uh, whenever I drink any amount of coffee, I'll just get like super anxious. Like it really, mm -hmm. really hits pretty hard. <laughs> totally. And I think for, yeah, a long time, I just thought, oh, this is normal. This is just how you feel. <laughs> but now since like getting rid of that, um, I know what my normal energy feels like, which is very nice. <laughs> yeah. So, mm -hmm. What is the first car you ever owned? Oh, I think it was a like 90s Ford Explorer. It had, um, it was like an SUV. Um, yeah, before that, I think I, I drove the family minivan around a bit, but that was For like sure. my first car and I was in high school and I think I was the youngest out of all my friends, but I was the only one that like had their own vehicle to use. So whenever, you know, we were going to parties or something, it was like, okay, I guess I'll take us all there. <laughs> Just like I'm the one that my parents trusted, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> or the one with trusting parents. But yeah. yeah, that was a sweet vehicle to start with. It was it was cool. <laughs> did you did you pick it or or was it just kind of like the thing that was available cheaply and so you scooped um, it up? Honestly, like my dad has always just had like connections with people who are selling vehicles and things like that. He's you know Yeah. So he's like, Oh yeah, so and so was selling this car like for a really good price and like it's a great vehicle and like we should get it for you and yeah. Yeah. So I feel very lucky that way because, yeah, dad's always been there to help hook me up with wheels when I've needed it. So <laughs> grateful. <laughs> What's the weirdest job you've ever had? Oh, okay. Um, I haven't had, honestly, too many jobs outside of music, which is, um, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but, okay, one summer I got a job working at a truss plant like where you build trusses for like construction yeah yeah and so it was just like really dirty work which like I didn't mind so much like a physical job isn't 
the worst. Like it was just the fact that like, it's so loud in there. I had to wear earplugs all the time. You're working with people who maybe you don't want to hang out with. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the days just felt so long and I would literally be like writing songs in my head all day and just like waiting for my lunch break just to be able to like go and make a voice memo in my car or something. So yeah, that was a job I did for the money when I needed it. And it was just for a summer, but it was like a family friend connection too. So it was like, you need a job? And I was like, yeah, I kind of do. So (laughs) yeah. Is there a social media account that you take some real joy out of that you love to follow? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Like pretty much the only reason I ever go on TikTok, which is not often because it'll (laughs) suck you in. Yeah. Um, So there is a user on there by the name of Ghost Honey, who's pretty famous now. But um, yeah, he's just just a glowing light, a beacon of just joy, honestly. And there's like astrology related content sometimes, but mostly like just coming up with these skits and like, and characters and sometimes songs like, and I don't know, just the energy just brings me so much joy every time. I just, yeah, yeah, I I should, I got to catch up on that actually. (laughs) I I will say TikTok is like, uh, like I'm not that old, like I'm 25, but when TikTok became a big thing was I think the point where I was like, oh no, I'm old now. Oh God, I don't understand this. Yeah, I can relate to that because I'm <laughs> older than 25. But um, yeah, it's just like another platform where it's like, ah, what is happening? What is going on? Like there's so much and I still like have not made very many TikToks myself because yeah. honestly, that's like a full-time job to do that. It's like, you know, it's it's a real skill set learning how to edit those and coming up with like good little 30 second to one minute clips that are going to be like entertaining or whatever. So, yeah. Um, but I do love how TikTok like really does bring out people's creativity and humor and I think it's like, you know, anybody can go on there and do something. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, What's your favorite uh, pit stop on tour? Pit stop as in like just any attraction or like food or. Yeah, just I I guess somewhere you like to stop to kind of take a break and like take five, whether that's like gas or food or like, you know, roadside attraction. Yeah, roadside attractions along the Queen Elizabeth too. Um, no, um, <laughs> I mean it's been a while since I've been on the road, but um, one thing that was maybe a little bit more prominent in my earlier days of touring, but I still try to do is just like finding spots to just go for like a walk or a hike. Like especially if you're going through BC, um, there's lots of that kind of thing available. So yeah. you know if you're making good time on the road. There's like, um, yeah, on the way heading west, there's like Heart Mountain, I think it was called, hike that we did like a few times on tour. And like, and even through um, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, just kind of like looking for ways to just be in nature and connect with like where you actually are, I guess. Yeah. Um, But yeah, of course, it's also just like fun, no matter which city you're in to find the local brews and, and, you know, try those out. It's like, you can do touristy things like that. 
um, or even get a tattoo, you know, <laughs> I don't have too many, but like, yeah, they're nice little souvenir mementos. So, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know about like specific, but yeah, just kind of, I think like the nature thing for sure is a big one. And then also just like giving your body what it actually wants and needs. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think the nature point is kind of interesting just cause I haven't had that come up a whole lot, um, asking these questions, but like, mm-hmm. Uh, there's a real challenge, I think, to touring Canada in that you often end up with really, really long drives between mm-hmm. stops. And so, like, um, it wouldn't be unusual, right, for somebody to, uh, you know, barely stop in Saskatchewan, right? Um, and you miss kind of this whole kind of interesting geographic area that is a specific yeah. way. Um but yeah, it's uh, kind of a neat idea to stop and actually like take a look around in the world. Yeah, I mean, there's so much beauty across the country. It's so massive. But um, yeah, we, we kind of just always would look for like, you know, whether there's like nature reserves or something like that, or just like little trails and hikes. And like, of course, through the prairies, it's a lot more flat. But sometimes you're like, well, I don't <laughs> need to like have a workout. I just need to like get out of the car (laughs) yeah you know so but i mean in winter time too offers its own challenges right but um for sure yeah i don't remember exactly what touring in winter feels like right now but i'm sure i will get the opportunity again yeah uh if you could uh put together like a fantasy lineup for a show and give yourself a ticket to said show uh Mm -hmm. what kind of bands would you book and and let's say to like bands that still exist or bands that don't right okay um how many are in this lineup (laughs) let's let's say three because a five band bill is a little tough to swallow sometimes sure okay three holy smokes okay um i would love to see robin live i haven't seen robin before okay all these i haven't seen obviously it's fantasy (laughs) um jasmine sullivan is like an insane vocalist that i would love to see live and yeah that would be incredible and oh my gosh how am i supposed to pick only three (laughs) like what kind of a show am i going for here I'm struggling, but I do, I would love to see a Janelle Monae. Yeah, so yeah. I think I, I think I would throw her on there too, but, oh man, yeah, I would have like 10 bands, so we'll just stop there, <laughs> or 10 artists. <laughs> yeah, out of curiosity, um, with like a live show, um, is it that you are excited to go see like a band play the songs that you really like, or is it? about going to see a band where you know they're going to give like a really like wildly good performance um I think it's a combination of both but I mean like an artist like you know I don't know because like yeah I do want to hear the songs that I know of course yeah but I also trust that those artists are going to just like bring it all no matter what so yeah yeah if I don't know some of the songs that's okay Um, I think like, you know, if it's like more of like a, a big, like pop show with like, it's big production, it's like, yeah, you're going for like the whole experience and seeing like what they're going to bring to it. But, um, you know, something like, you know, Jasmine Sullivan, it's like, I would 
go see her sing anywhere. Like I don't care about backup dancers and all that. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, she could sing anything. I'd be like, oh, loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if that answers your question yeah, entirely, yeah. but. Do you have a favorite local bite to eat? Mm, yeah, I mean, I'm recently, well, since the new year, basically, I'm vegan again. <laughs> I was vegan before and then kind of fell off. And now I'm back on that for various reasons. But, um, you know, I went to Padmanati recently for the first time in a long time. And yeah. I got to say, that place is delicious. Like, they have so many different, like, curries and different dishes on that menu. I really loved it. So, yeah. Um, and I know that I can order anything off the menu, which is just beautiful. <laughs> so, yeah, Pad Manatee, I feel like, is one of like the uh, local Edmonton culinary legends. Like, it's just yeah. such good <laughs> vegan food. And yeah, it, it's uh, one of the yeah. greats. It's like, it's hard to find places that are vegan friendly enough that you're like, okay, yeah, I want to go out and do this or like order yeah. food. Um, but there's also a place really close to where I live um, on white there. It's a little family owned business called Spice Grill okay. and they have really good Indian food. I always get the chana masala from there and it's yeah. so good. So yeah, that's a go-to spot as well for me. But um, yeah. And then Friends and Neighbors is also very vegan friendly for all the soups. So right. Yeah. Those are kind of like my three right now. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> Do you prefer candy chips or chocolate? Oh. Mm. I'm going to have to go with chips, although I love chocolate as well. Candy, don't really care for as much. Or I don't really care about it as much. Yeah. But chips, yeah. I love potatoes in all their forms. So, <laughs> what's, uh, what's the go-to chip flavor if you're like going out to get a bag of chips? Um, I got to say it. I love getting all dress chips, the Ruffle brand and they're just a classic it's like i always feel like eating those um and then pretty much anything that's like a, a kettle chip yeah like yeah salt and vinegar except there are so many salt and vinegar chips that have like milk products in them so i always have to read the labels so oh but yeah the kettle brand ones are good for they're vegan friendly so okay yeah it's really weird to think about that in some way it's like oh yeah yeah these salt and vinegar chips just a little bit of dairy in them just oh yeah it's like dairy just sneaks into everything it's um it's quite <laughs> incredible um i guess th there's there's some metaphor there i should learn from i think but <laughs> <laughs> if you could open for anyone who would you choose to open for oh that's a big question um i'm trying to think like Okay, the first one that comes to mind, because I actually got to see him perform at the Edmonton Folk Fest a couple years ago now, but um, Hosier put on an insanely good show, and I feel like that would be a good, yeah, that would, that would be pretty pretty wicked, something like that. I just really like his, um, I don't know, I, I like his music a lot, and just the whole show and his presence, I really enjoyed that as well so yeah yeah that'd be cool <laughs> uh is there an album that spurred your love of music 
Um, a specific album. I mean, okay, my first, the first CD, I think, to my recollection, recollection that I ever owned was Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, but I, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, I was an avid Spice Girls fan, too. I was very into the pop music um, yeah. as a kid. But then, like, in terms of becoming a musician and, like, and writing songs, it's definitely more in like the folk and kind of country realm that got me into it. For so, sure, yeah. Um, yeah, but was like a huge Josh Ritter fan when I was a, a younger teenager. And like, I mean, I, I'm still a fan. I'm just not as like avidly listening, I suppose. Yeah. But, um, and, and yeah, and like classic country music too really got me into it, like Patsy Cline. Yeah. But um, yeah, Britney Spears. <laughs> I, I feel like there's something really inspiring about like folk and country music, just from like a songwriting perspective. Because mm-hmm. um, with something like Britney Spears, even like like Toxic, I'm not a huge Britney Spears fan or anything, but yep. that song is amazing. Um, but so it much is. of it is the way it's put together and the way mm-hmm. it sounds. Um, versus when you listen to a great like country or folk song doesn't really matter how it's produced because the songwriting is just really really tight um yeah but uh yeah Yeah, they're definitely different um different approaches and different goals in mind i think yeah for that and like yeah and now i like i appreciate all of the different realms (laughs) for sure (laughs) for sure but um yeah as a songwriter totally that's where where i got into it was the folk and country kind of Traditions of songwriting. Mm-hmm. Uh, very last question then for the rapid fire. Are there uh, uh, a- any kind of up and comers or or bands that you uh, feel don't get talked about enough that you want to kind of give a shout out to? Um, I mean, I guess it depends like who you're uh, talking to. I don't. I never know what what everyone's aware of. <laughs> like, because like honestly, yeah, I listen to a lot of things via Spotify because it's a great tool for discovery um, yeah. as a music fan. Um, so, I mean, okay, let me think here for a sec. There is an artist out of New York that I've been really digging lately uh, named Adeline, and she's a bass player and a singer, and it's very, like, there's some funkiness, grooviness. Like, there's kind of, like, a bit of, like, Erica Badu kind of vibes even too. Yeah. Her yeah. music, which I really love. Um, yeah. She's got, uh, I think her newest song is called Mystic Lover and it's just like a jam I can throw on over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she's one of them for sure. Um, I haven't, you know, like my music listening to totally comes in waves and right now I haven't been listening to as much music, but um, I do have an ongoing playlist where I try to add new things that I'm digging on regularly. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Out, out, of, out of curiosity too, do you, are, are you listening to other stuff? Like, are you listening to like podcasts or are you just kind of like having brain quiet time? Um, I, I'm not listening to podcasts as much currently, but I have, I do love just like taking in information and learning things. Like, but I think for a while I was doing it too much. And so it's something I'm trying to be more conscious of because 
I think, yeah, it's like if you're stuffing all of this information and taking in so much, there's not really room for your own, for lack of a better word, like genius to come out, you know? Like, yeah. It's like, how are you supposed to find that space to figure out what you want to say or create? And so I've been kind of taking a bit of listening downtime, I suppose, in that sense. Yeah. Um, and just not trying to bombard myself with with too many ideas <laughs> so I can come up with some of my own hopefully <laughs> yeah so but yeah I love podcasts though they're an excellent format and you could just get so much information for free like it's crazy <laughs> it learns so much and yeah. especially like when it comes to even news and current events it's like you can actually get trusted information yeah so, yeah yeah well, uh, let's swing on over then into the uh, kind of second half of things. I, I guess uh, right off the bat, how how has kind of pandemic life been? Like, how has how has that kind of uh, worked itself out for you? I have felt very grateful and fortunate for the way I have been able to um, live during the pandemic. I guess. Um, I think like my personality by nature seems to be optimistic and perhaps naively hopeful, which I, I don't know. I think that's okay. I think that's good to have that if that's what you have going on. Um, don't get me wrong. Like I have my days and moments where it's like, oh, I think I will just curl into a ball today and maybe just watch like a million TV shows. <laughs> like, you know, there are definitely moments like that as well. And a lot of feelings of frustration and um, helplessness um, that comes with living in this big, crazy world of ours. But um, yeah, I mean, I've been able to qualify for the CERB and CRB, which has been like everything for me. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like I am a big advocate for basic income, like um guaranteed basic income. Um and although I haven't been able to play like live shows and tour, of course, I have been able to turn my focus and learn how to do things that I'd been meaning to do for a long time, but just you only have so much time <laughs> right, to do yeah. these things. So, so yeah, I've definitely been focusing on video and live streaming and just like social media and like what that looks like for me and how I want to um, connect with people that way. And, you know, finding striking kind of a balance as well. And yeah, I don't know. I think I've been able to kind of embrace those aspects of you know the downtime so and honestly I haven't had a, an incredible amount of downtime I feel like I just kind of picked up what where I could and just you know figure out how live streaming works figure out how to yeah just do things better that yeah. I can online but um yeah so I mean the other thing too is I do have a bit of a team around me which helps keep me motivated and accountable because for sure yeah that is a huge, huge thing for staying motivated. Like if you have other people that you need to be working with and reporting to, um, because so many artists don't have that at least yet. 
And so like, I really feel for that because I, I was at that point at some point and it's, it's hard. It's hard yeah. to like push yourself to keep going, especially when it feels like the world is just crumbling all around you. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, well, even, uh, I, I mean, for me personally, like I, I have noticed, yeah, I haven't been as productive in terms of like writing new music, but there's mm -hmm. projects that I'm working on for other people and this podcast even where, uh, I've, I've put in a, a lot of time because I have to deliver these things to somebody else, right? Yep. And, and that keeps you accountable. <laughs> totally. And I think having some weekly scheduled things as well, like I've come up with like kind of like my own podcast, um, yeah. which is called Making Out with Visia now. But um, I started that like just as a Instagram live in 2020 um, to connect with other artists and have conversations about music, life, everything. But, um, and then just doing like weekly live streams and kind of figuring out how that works for me. Like even just the details, like, okay, what day, what time, what works? Um, but yeah, having those like weekly things to show up for, I think helps as well. They're kind of like little anchor points. Yeah. Um, and so, and then in between, you know, the list of things to accomplish and, and those events to show up for, just learning to be a little easier on myself and, you know, cause I think I am by nature just very into like being productive and trying to like, you know, push things forward. But yeah, you know, there's a time where you have to also just like take your foot off the gas and just rest. Rest is so important. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the live streams just because again, for me, my experience doing this podcast during this break has been really good because it's like a time that you can kind of socialize with a person and mm -hmm. think about music, right? And kind of converse about that. Totally. Um, has, has doing that, uh, I, I guess, come out in your writing or come out in your music work just in terms of pulling inspiration from the people that you've talked to? Um, at this point, I haven't really been super creative or I haven't been very productive on the creative side. So I think like inevitably I will like find that those conversations are influencing where I'm going yeah. in terms of like what I'm going to write about. Um, I just haven't been doing a lot of writing right now. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, because I think where my writing has always kind of come from obviously is like my own experiences and life experiences and definitely like emotional experiences for sure but yeah. um but as I'm getting older I'm finding I'm looking more outside myself which is kind of nice and just a different um yeah different way of looking at the world and yeah getting more inspiration from what other people are going through yeah and so, so yeah, right now I don't really have like a, a practical way of being like, yes, this is what's happening. <laughs> but, but I think inevitably it's going to um, influence what I'm going to do next. Like I'm definitely thinking about what I would like to create next for my next recording project already, because that's just kind of the way the timelines work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you're like work, work, work on this record and it's going to come out and there, there are lots of things that'll happen with that after the fact as well. But I'm already kind of like 
thinking, okay, what do I want to, where do I want to go next? What do I want to, Yeah. What, what kind of music do I want to make? <laughs> so. So we're talking on today's the 21st. Yes. Of April. Mm-hmm. Um, the record comes out a week and a half away ish. Yeah. Um, how, how, how long has this been in the works? Like uh, what, what is the timeline for this record going to look like? Sure. Um, honestly, this is the most efficient timeline I have done yet <laughs> with a record. Yeah. Um, because the reason why that's been able to happen is just um, largely due to grant funding that has enabled me to um, focus more on the project because. Right. Um, so I started writing this album in the fall winter of 2019 and I had two songs already, um, written and demoed quite, um, quite thoroughly because I was using those to apply for funding. Yeah. And, um, and so August, 2019, I found out that I was successful at receiving, um, a factor, Juried Sound Recording Grant, and that's the first time I've ever received that one. So it was, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah pretty, um, yeah, a bit of a milestone feeling for sure, because as anyone who applies for grants knows, you are going to get many, many, many um, rejections. <laughs> and, um, and you know, this isn't the end of rejections necessarily, right? You always just know like, okay, you just have to keep applying and keep fine-tuning your story and what you're doing. Yeah. Um, that is my um, advice to anyone who's trying to write grants. Just like keep writing them and keep learning how to do it. Um, but yeah, so wrote the album, started writing it essentially fall, winter 2019. And then I went into the studio January 2020 to start um, working on the album. And I work out of a studio in central Alberta called Bonalto Sound, which is just west of Sylvan Lake. And it's also like got residence space in there. So I was able to really be like immersed in the experience. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, huge thanks to the Edmonton Arts Council for their funding um, for my actual like creative process, being able to like take time to write. And that was the first time that's ever happened for me. So I'm like hugely, hugely grateful for that. Um, It's such a gift. Um, But yeah, January, February, 2020 recorded. Um, planned a pre-promotional tour to start mid-March. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that didn't end up happening. I played yeah. a wonderful show in Calgary, March 13th, 2020. And then the next day we had to pull the plug on the rest of the tour. Um, but the album was in the bag and was in the, um, mixing stages and everything. So, so yeah, it was kind of, um, by... August 2020, I guess we had like the masters, um, all in our pockets. <laughs> um, so yeah, it kind of took like a year for the, for the record to actually be like, okay, here it is the finished thing. And then, and then we started, um, releasing singles and just kind of starting promotional, um, activities for the release. And initially we were going to release it in March, I think, or maybe even February. And we just kind of kept pushing it back just cause things just change and it's never a bad idea to take a bit more time. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Here we are April 30th coming up. (laughs) So who like who mixed and produced it? Like what was the kind of personnel situation? 
Um, so Nick Davies, who um, owns the studio and the label that I'm on, we've been working together for over a decade um, creatively in, well, in my project and other projects. Um, so he's a, a drummer, multi-instrumentalist, producer. Yeah. Um, he engineered the album as well. Um, so he is like the biggest part of this record probably <laughs> in terms of being like my creative partner. And um, so he produced it. And then we had um, other musicians come in from Calgary and Edmonton. So guitar player, John Lagore from Calgary, um, Paul Bergeron also based in Calgary. Um, he plays with Kaylee Cardinal quite often. Um, and then I played some keys and did all the vocals, but I actually didn't play any guitar this time. It was kind of a yeah. a nice like new experience to be like, okay, you do it. <laughs> um, and then, um, yeah, Curtis Cockrell too, who's toured with me for years and years, played on a couple of tracks as well. And then uh, Matt Krause on keys and Logan Mills did some piano as well. So, oh, yeah, I know Logan. Do you know Logan? Yeah. Yeah, he's a, a wacky guy, but holy, he's <laughs> yeah. a great, great piano player. He's incredible. And we were actually able to go to his home and record his grand piano because, like, he's oh, also, nice. he's also like tunes pianos and, like, yeah, he's yeah. just such an incredible guy. And, um, yeah, so that was really fun to, to go hang out for a couple days. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because everyone who played on this record, like we're all McEwen music grads <laughs> at some yeah. point, which is really funny. Um, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. McEwen, give us, give us something, give us uh, money, give us, no, <laughs> we gave you our money. Now <laughs> give us your money. Um, yeah. I hear McEwen's loaded right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, but no, I mean, it's just kind of like one of those things that really um, is like, a testament to the power of just relationships in music and for sure. Yeah. You know, the community that you build for yourself and those relationships are really important. And, you know, those are the people who you're going to end up working with again and again, because, you know, you just, you find those people that really um, understand what you're doing and, and want to do it with you. And yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. I, I wanted to touch a little bit on, uh, like genre, I guess, uh, mm -hmm. just because this is like, it's your first like full out pop record. Yeah. <laughs> um, is Has the writing process been kind of different for wanting it to end up in a certain genre or are you just kind of writing and then it's like, oh, I, I, I think this is a pop record. Um, <laughs> so what happened with this record for me was... Um, so before I applied for funding the time that I got it, <laughs> um, I'd applied for the same program before yeah, with the same two songs, but different versions. Like I had done different demos and like initially when I was getting set to write a new album and create a new album, it was very much kind of like going in the same vein of my placeholder record. Yeah. Um, which is definitely more rootsy, more Americana in a way um singer songwriter roots rock kind of thing um and then when when that didn't really happen with that funding it's not like the funding made me change my mind on what I wanted to do I think I just took that as like okay this is a moment to take pause and be like hey 
do I really know what I want to do? Like, is this what I want to do? Yeah. Um, and it kind of just made me reflect a lot. And artistically, I kind of just thought, you know, I'd been listening to more pop music and I'd been really studying up kind of on, on that and really enjoying it. Um, and, you know, I think for a long time, especially as a younger singer songwriter and being so um, be, having like the folk and country so ingrained within me, I was very snobby about pop music for a long time. I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. We get it. Like, this is just like bubblegum, whatever. Yeah. And not really valuing it at, at all. And then through just kind of like exposing myself more to that type of music and, and you know, R&B, soul music, all of that, um, you know, I just became really fascinated with the fact that, you know, there's a reason why pop music is called pop you know, popular and something that is popular is going to connect with more people. And, and I think like, that's why pop music is so powerful. It's like, it's going to connect with more people. And to me, music has been so much about connection and, you know, whether it's me connecting with the audience or them connecting with themselves through the music, you know, yeah, I think it's just like music is so important in the way it helps people connect with their own emotions and themselves because it's um it's a big struggle for a lot of people and uh, and so I feel like in a way that's how musicians are doing service work <laughs> in a way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really. Um but yeah, so I kind of just thought, you know, I think it's time to try something new and just like push myself out of my comfort zone and and just try something else because isn't that what this whole thing is about? Like, yeah, I don't need to create something I've done before. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of thought, okay, I'm going to give that a shot. <laughs> and so I essentially wrote all of my songs on piano for the first time instead of guitar and was really focused on groove and rhythm and, you know, even like the, how many syllables are in a line? Like, you know, right. And, and yeah. cause there are rhythmic hooks that exist within lines of lyrics, especially like in pop music. And so for sure, I was like shifting my focus in the way I was writing because um, in the past I've been very much like lyric focused to start. And then everything else kind of comes afterwards, like the, the melodic ideas and, and what I want it to sound like. But this time I've kind of like, been thinking more melodically musically and letting that help inform like what the song is going to be about in a way for sure yeah um which has been a lot of fun and it was challenging too for sure because I feel like I constructed these kind of skeletons of songs where I was like okay I know how this is going to go but I don't know everything that I want to say yet <laughs> so it was always like the lyrics kind of like okay I just need to figure out what that verse is going to be about like <laughs> yeah so, and it was the first time I'd really spent a lot of um, my writing time, like while I was in the studio too. So I, like I showed up at the studio with a bunch of songs, but I also showed up with a bunch of part songs or like ideas of songs <laughs> that I needed to finish very quickly. So having that kind of pressure was new to me, but um, ultimately I think it was good. It was like, the whole experience with this album was just like, do what feels good, 
do what what I want to do and not worry about like, okay, are people going to think this is cheesy or are they going to think it's like this? Yeah. It's like, you know what? I love cheesy. So I don't care if you think it's lame. <laughs> like I'm going to go there. <laughs> and I think that's just like, it's just been such a huge um, exercise in like trusting myself and being like, you know, just, just honest with myself and, yeah. and just doing whatever the hell I want. <laughs> so, so I, I guess what's, uh, like, what does the rest of this year look like then? What is, what does post pandemic mean for this, uh, project? Um, that is a good question. Um, I mean, we have, I have like tentative plans right now to be touring in the fall and winter across Canada COVID willing. So we'll see, you know, if the vaccine rollouts happen quickly enough and if things are open enough, um, kind of the whole way I've been approaching things during the pandemic is, you know, you make plans and then if you have to change them, you do, but right. I'm not going to just like not have things put in motion or, you know, creating those kind of frameworks. Um, just like waiting for things to change. I think I just, you know, my team and I have been just more forward thinking and optimistic at least, but also yeah. realistic, you know, but um, I mean, safety is always number one. Um, and there are so many things outside of our control, but that is true without a pandemic as well. So, <laughs> sure. um, so yeah, it's just kind of like, Focusing on hopefully, hopefully that tour can happen with a full band, do like 20 cities across Canada. And then um, if all things go well after that, we're kind of like trying to plan for getting into the UK next. So, yeah, those are kind of the next things and, you know, loosely, but um, but the the vision is is forming. So, <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well, that pretty much brings us to the end of the interview. Uh, the album is called With Pleasure. Uh, it's out on April 30th, 2021. So it's probably out by the time uh, anybody's hearing this. But uh, yeah, is there a track that you would like to play to kind of wrap things up? Ooh, yeah. Um, I think I would like to play a song called My Wum, which is short for woman. And it is a song for... It's like really a song about sisterhood and self-love. So yeah, I'll go with that one. <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, thanks so much, Visia, for coming in and chatting. Thank you for having me. This has been really lovely. So I appreciate your time. Yeah, uh, no problem at all. This is, uh, this is a song called My Womb off of uh, With Pleasure. And uh, yeah, thanks so much again. Thank you. My womb don't settle for crumbs She takes the whole damn cake You give her the runaround But she's got something to prove But don't expect her to chase You know she's fine on her own But she knows how to hold space For lovers and anyone Who's showing up with the best Of what they got for today She's only doing what feels right Keeping it tight, moving with the music Needs no one's approval to
Inside the Artist Studio is produced by Sean Davis Newton for the Cups and Cakes Network. The featured track, My Womb, was played with permission from Vicia. Thanks to Laundry Week for the use of their song, Nothing on My Mind, from the Grimpy EP as our intro and outro music. Inside the Artist Studio is one of the many ways Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's Cups, the letter N cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.